faster. No, thank you, Hansel. Oh, we're on already. All right. Pardon? I said we're on already. We are honored. We're honored to be your pastors. We're honored to be servants of God in this hour. Okay. You want to pray? Open prayer. Father, we praise you. We just give you thanks as we look to your word this morning, Father God. Thank you, Lord, that a greater understanding will be given unto us, Father God, and that we will walk in the principles, Father God, to which you will share with us in Jesus' name. Amen. Nugget for this morning. The only real mistake... is the one from which starting all over <laughs> the only real mistake is the one from which we learn nothing Praise you, Jesus. the only real mistake is the one from which we learn nothing Okay, you need to think about that. Hallelujah. It's funny, I'm laughing because Pastor knows that bugs me. But this is the way he wants to, he likes to give the nugget, and that just bugs me. And I have to laugh every time. You know, it's okay, mates, if your mates bug you in a certain way. You just have to laugh about it. Amen? You don't look at me and go, boy, has she's lost her sainthood today. <laughs> I haven't. You know, some churches believe that there aren't any saints. You have to be dead to be a saint. But my Bible says that we're saints if we're born again. Amen? Hallelujah. Okay. Okay. So you're going to do John 666, huh? <laughs> Praise you, Jesus. Go ahead and turn to John number 666. <laughs> High school dropouts is alarming. I mean, you hear about kids not even, you know, they just drop out, they're not graduating. But more staggering than this is the number of dropouts that are among church people. Yeah. It said that one half of the people who join a church will become rel relatively inactive. One half. Wow. Those that attend church become inactive. In other words, they're pew sitters. <laughs> Uh-oh. You need to be doing something. Uh, or, and they, then, they become, of course, they become dropouts. And why is this? Uh, Jesus experienced dropouts. So she said, go to John. So go to the book of John, chapter 6. And verse 66. Can From I? that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. What scripture did we just read? 
John 6, 66. Um, note that address. Think about it a minute. Does it ring a bell anywhere? You ever hear 666 anywhere in your Bible? Let's look at it. Revelation. This is not part of it, but if you're going to be dropping out, maybe this gives a reason why. Revelation chapter 13. Last verse. Revelation 13. Verse 18. Here is wisdom. Let him that understands the count of the number of the beast. For the number of a man and his number is 603 score or 6 and 6. 666. And it's talking about those that walk away in that scripture. I thought that was wow. So we don't don't want to walk away from the Lord. Amen. Can I share something? The other night I just happened to have the Christian station on. I was, you know, every now and then I... And there was a man that had gone to hell for 20... Half hour? Was it 20 minutes? 23 minutes. I think I'd seen his book on the, on the new... Uh, I'm stuck. Stores. Anyway, um, it was interesting because everything that he went through, he had scripture for. And everything he went through... He had scripture for. And I sat there, just, I was like, because I called pastor and I said, listen to this. You know, he was, he said, he talked about the demons there that would just beat him up and throw him against the wall. He said, you had no fellowship with another person through eternity. You know, the Bible talks about gnashing and teeth. I mean, he, he, Everybody should hear him, whether people believe it or not, whatever. But everybody should hear this because everything that he went through in hell, he had scripture for that is in the word of God. And it was amazing to me. And I thought, why would anybody even want to go there? Especially believers that have a choice in this hour. It's just, it's just um, you know, we shared with you a while back that, the, to me, the best book out of the Bible I've ever read was Driven by Eternity. Pastor and I had to share that book, and we couldn't put it down, and we both wept and wept and wept through it. I would suggest, if you have that book, that everybody pick it up and read it again. Time it's life-changing. Short. I know that it hit ministers harder, because <laughs> there's a place in hell for ministers. <laughs> that people that aren't in the ministry, you know, there's a worse place for the ministers than there are, you know, it's down at the bottom. But he said just the smell and the screaming and the, the whole thing. And I think somehow the word has to get out there to people to realize everything, everything he said was in the word, everything. There, every, every point that he said that happened to him was in the Word. And I went, wow. And not only did this guy have to say, well, turn and read this, but I mean, it just came out. You knew this was the Holy Ghost speaking through him. It was just amazing to me. So I just wanted to kick that one in while you're on this. Okay, we're going to be talking about some dropouts. Dropouts? Okay. okay. 
those who act mere, merely on impulse usually can be numbered as a dropout. Um, people were attracted to Jesus' power, his miracles, and his knowledge, and his teaching, yet they preferred not to follow him. Impulse followers give an appearance of a decision, but as time passes, their commitment becomes known. They become followers for the prospect of obtaining temporal benefits. Why did these disciples follow these people followed Jesus? They were gotten temporal benefits, you know. They got healing, they got they got food, you know, they got you know what what they went. When temporal benefits were not obtained, they fell away. On the surface many people have decided for Christ, but adverse circumstances will disclose the nature of their confession. Many are offended by the doctrines of the gospel and they reject them and thus turn away. So since we're in John, go to John chapter 7. Look at verse 17. If any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. So people get offended on doctrine. I don't believe that. It's not for me. It's not, it was back for then. It's not for the future. It's not for this day. We are modern day people. And we don't have to follow that type of doctrine. That's the same thing as people today in our country saying, we don't believe in the Constitution because it was made by the old white fathers, which is wrong. Because our Constitution was established on God's word, so that makes it a living document. Whoa. Okay. Those who seek to follow the Lord amidst other pursuits become numbered with the dropouts. You know, people have all these other things, but, well, I'll get a little bit of Jesus, but, you know, I've got to do my own thing. People want to follow the Lord uh, amongst other pursuits. They do not want to give up on other matters uh, for the cause of Christ. So let's look to the book of Luke now. Back up to the book of Luke, chapter 14. While we're turning there, I'd like to share something. Not only are, are just church members falling away, but there are pastors that are falling away. And that's surprising to me. You know, they... They're out selling insurance. They're selling real estate now. And yet there was a call in their life. But they got offended or they, they got hurt or what, whatever the reason. And now they're not doing the will of God. Somebody posted yesterday, a, a gentleman that went to Raymond in 77, and he said, what is the one thing that you would, if Jesus appeared to you, it was a question, what is the one thing that you would ask him, that you would want to ask of him? And it was really interesting, the answers that he got. My thing was, am I doing everything that you desire for me to do in this life? That's the one, if Jesus were to appear to me, that would be the question that I would ask him. Am I, am I accomplishing everything that you desire for me to do? until I'm raptured out of here. Because I want to make sure everything I do is what he has 
called me to do, that he spoke into existence before the very foundation of the, of the earth. Because all of us were called and spoken over to do what we're doing. I don't care if you're cleaning the toilet or if you're an usher or whatever at work you're supposed to do, pray, whatever. It's important. But just some of those answers amazed me. One of them was, well, one thing I want to ask God is why certain pastors are died. That's not our business. Amen. So think, just write that down and think about this week. If, if Jesus were to come to you and appear to you, what would be the one question? That, if you had one question to ask him right now, what would you ask him? You'll kind of find out where your heart is. Hallelujah. Okay. I think the biggest question would be, am I going to make it? <laughs> I want to ask about somebody that's else. Yes. I'm going to, am I going to make it? That, that's the more important thing. If I'm not going to make it, I'm going to make sure I'm going to make it. Okay. Um, we're looking at Luke chapter 14. And we're going to see people that pursue other things other than God. Okay. And this is a parable. Luke 14, beginning with verse 16. Then he said unto him, A certain man made a great supper and bade many. And he sent his servant at supper time and said to, to them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. And they all, with one consent, began to make excuse. Hmm. The first said unto him, I have bought a piece of ground, and he must needs to go and see it. I pray thee, have me excused. Another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I must prove them. I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. Now that one might be it. That might be the only excuse. <laughs> no, just kidding. So <laughs> Total man. <laughs> So that servant came and showed his Lord these things. Then the master of the house, being angry, said unto the servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in hither the poor, the lame, the halt, and the blind. And the servant said to the Lord, It is done as thou hast commanded, and yet there is room. And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my, my house may be filled. God is wanting heaven filled. Glory to God. Hallelujah. For I say unto you, none of those men which were bidden shall taste of my supper. Well, Don't make excuses. In other words, it's amazing to hear the type of excuses that we put before the Lord. No, it's vacation time. And all these other things. Right? It's an insult to take things of the world above God's invitation. Okay. Uh, the next one on dropouts. Following the Lord means to be exclusively committed to Him. Let's go back to, turn to Matthew chapter 6. In Matthew chapter 6. I hope you don't find yourself in any of these uh, scenarios that we are looking at. If you do, take heed. Okay, Matthew chapter 6. 
Yeah, verse. Man, it's a good thing the rapture didn't take place yesterday morning. Okay, you know what she's talking Just about. Just kidding. Matthew chapter 6, looking at verse 24. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Let's turn to now Galatians chapter 1. Turn to Galatians chapter 1. Looking at verse 10. For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I yet please men, I should not be a servant of Christ. Wow, that's heavy. If we're going to do things for men, we're not serving Christ in that aspect. Many people drop out because they're not willing to, to give exclusive allegiance to Jesus. When Jesus talked about sacrifices, they walked away. Let's turn to Matthew, since we're, oh no, let's go back to Matthew. Matthew chapter 19 this time. Matthew chapter 19, looking at verse 22. But when the young man Heard the saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Not willing to make a sacrifice for the Lord. He needed to tell what the saying was, though. Hmm? He needed to share what the saying was. I mean. This is, was the rich young ruler who wanted to get to heaven. He says, How? He says, I've done everything, so Lord, tell me what else I need to do. And the Lord tells him what he needs to do. And that was too much. That was. Too big of a sacrifice, so I walked away. How many, how many people today have the opportunity to receive the Lord Jesus Christ, yet they say, well, I've got this thing that's coming up, and I've got to do this first. And they put it off. They keep on putting it off. And when the time comes, when they pass from this life, they're not going to be able to change. God's going to give them exactly what they want. Eternity without him. Can I share? That's heavy. You want something? Right. Yeah, I want something. I want to read about this because this is a lot of people that, you know, we look at this and we think, it says, um, let's look at verse 16. And behold, there came a man up to him saying, Teacher, what? excellent and perfectly an essential good deed must I do to possess eternal life. And he said to him, why do you ask me about the perfectly and essentially good? There is only one who is good, perfectly and essential. God, if you would enter into life, you must continually keep the commandments. And he said to him, what sort of commandments? Or which ones? And Jesus answered, You shall not kill. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and your mother, and you shall love your neighbor as you do yourself. And the young man said, I have observed all these things from my youth. What, shall, what still do I lack? See, this is the one thing that we need to understand Jesus knows 
the, the heart of a person and he knows what is in that person that the enemy will use to pull them away. And so usually he goes, excuse my expression, but right after the juggler vein when he's talking to us, okay? Because he knows the one thing, like the time he looked at, at um, Peter and said, he rebuked Satan and he said, the devil wants to sift you as sand. And so here this man, his whole being was in his money. And so Jesus, Jesus answers him, if you would be perfect, that is have that spiritual maturity which accompanies self-sacrificing character, you go and sell what you have and give to the poor and you will have riches in heaven and come. Be my disciple, side with my party and follow me. This man had the opportunity to be, I really believe, one of the disciples. What an honor. And we see what he says here. He says, but the young man heard this and he went away and sat and grieved and in much distress for he had great possessions. And Jesus said to his disciples, truly I say to you, it will be difficult for a rich man to get into heaven, the kingdom of God. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through an eye of a needle than for a rich man to go to get into heaven of God. When the disciples heard this, they were utterly puzzled and astonished and bewildered, saying, Who then can be saved from eternal death? But Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but all things are possible with God. And so we see here that this man could not, he could not let go of the one thing that was the most important thing in the world to him. Does God care if we have money? No. But if he asks us to give it and give it all, then this, this man would have probably, the money that he would have gained back, just tenfold return, but he couldn't do it. And, you know, people get very upset many times when I've had them in the counseling room and God's asked them to do something and they're sitting there telling me that, de that the devil's telling them to do this. And I'm looking at them and having to tell them, no, that's not the devil. This is God telling you to do this to set you free. Are you willing to just do the one thing that he's asking you to do here? What do you, you know, what do you have to lose? How I got saved, to be very honest with me, I weighed it all out and I thought, well, I've tried the other side. What do I have to lose? Seriously. And I'm saying this from the Spirit of God right now. You might want to take notes. We're in the time and the hour right now where Jesus has spoken to every one of us and will be speaking to each one of us individually and much that is said to you you might not understand it but he will prove to you in his word that he is speaking that to you you might be planning a trip you might be planning something something and god is telling you not now 
don't push it. Do not try to push. When, when a door stops, when, you are, when a door shuts, don't try to push yourself through that door. If God's promised you certain things, then it will come. But you have got to be patient and faithful and allow God to lead you because he sees everything that's going on in the world. I can almost guarantee you that there were Christians the day of that horrible thing in Boston that the Lord had put a check in their spirit and told them not to be in that race, not to be in that spot. But they wanted to do it. Their flesh wanted to do it anyway. And so we have to, and I'm not saying this to cause fear, but in the world that we live in right now, we have got to be so in tune to the spirit. Some of you, God has put you in positions to where you are put in that position to pray and speak things through. Now, I shared this last week, and the Lord showed me three people in this congregation that are put in that position right now. You need to listen to the Spirit of God in this time, in this hour, because we are going to start seeing movement and, and things take place, and God's always there to make an escape. But we need to hear the voice of God, and we need to be obedient to that voice and walk with him. Remember Enoch? Enoch walked with God, and one day he was no more. The big part there is Enoch walked with God. You can't expect to be in the rapture if you're not walking with God. Hallelujah. That's not to put a fear in anybody because you're here this morning. You understand what I'm saying? People come and say, well, I, am I, have I blasphemed or am I lost it? No. If you are here, then you are seeking God. Amen? This, this is going out over the airways right now. So people can pick up what we're saying. There is a desperation right now that we need to grab hold of the Spirit of God and walk hand in hand with Him. No matter, no matter what it looks like around you, you keep going forward with Him, and He'll walk you right through it. Hallelujah. I can see it. I can see it in my spirit. I can't bring it into words. Maybe later on I'll be able to, but get ready because we've entered into a whole new realm and God promises to protect you. If you'll hang with him, he'll hang with you. If you abide with me, my words abide in you, you may ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Amen. Go ahead. Okay. We'll look at number five on dropouts. Those who cannot have their life, pardon me, those who cannot have life their way become dropouts. 1 John chapter 2, verse 19. And they went out from us, and they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have no doubt have continued with us. But they went out 
that they might be made manifest that they were not at all of us. So uh, people want Jesus to fit into the scheme and plans of their things. <laughs> they want to change Jesus, to manipulate and change his convictions to their terms and conditions so that they can follow after their gratification of their senses. Okay? They hate and despise knowledge and thus do, they do not choose the Lord. These are dropouts. They remain undeveloped and immature, preferring to remain status quo and to forget him and drop out. That's pretty heavy. I hope none of you fit in any of these scenarios of dropouts. Okay, we got one more dropout. You don't have it there. Okay, uh, turn with me to Matthew chapter 24. Matthew 24. In Matthew chapter 24, Jesus is speaking and looking at the 24th board. Oh boy. 2424, all right? Matthew. For there shall come, for there shall arise false Christ and false prophets and shall show great signs and wonders insomuch that if it were possible they shall deceive the very elect. It means those that are sitting are pew sitters that consider themselves the elect they can be deceived. Uh. They will drop out. Luke chapter 21. Well, there are ministers that are dropping out that you would never have expected this to happen to in this hour. It's amazing. It says the very elect. It's like. So hang in there. Stay with the Lord. That's Luke chapter 21. Where are you? Verse 8. That's Luke 21, verse 8. And he said, Take heed that ye be not deceived, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ. And the time draweth near. Go ye not, therefore, after them. Dropouts. Wow. One more. Second Thessalonians. Because we're living in this time. At Second Thessalonians chapter 2. Is this on this paper? No. Okay. <laughs> 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, looking at verse 3. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall now uh, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, son of perdition. So we see here, deception will bring dropouts in. in, in to the body of Christ. How can you stop deception? Knowledge, but Acts chapter 17, mm -hmm. verse 11, you check things out. Just don't 
hear from the pulpit or hear what somebody's saying on TV or radio. Check things out and see if it be so. If it lines up, if you're not too sure of it, put it on the shelf and watch for a while. You can't be deceived in this last days. Your eternity depends upon it. Can, Whoa. I, can I share the scripture? She's going to share. It, in chapter 2, it says in verse 3. First Thessalonians? Yeah, 2 Thessalonians, Thessalonians 2, 3. Uh, verse 2, I mean. That you be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter, as from us, as that day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. So we can't, in the Amplified it says, do not allow your minds to be quickly unsettled or disturbed. This isn't anything. Do not allow your minds to become quickly unsettled or disturbed or kept excited or alarmed. He's telling you, if you don't do this, if you allow your mind to be unsettled and disturbed, then you are going, you can easily be swayed. I mean, I, I love God, the way he puts things. He tells us ahead of time, watch out for this so this doesn't happen to you. You know, watch out. I'm telling you, don't go here. Because if you don't go here, this, can't ha this, this won't happen. But if you go here, in other words, if you allow your minds to be quickly unsettled and disturbed or kept excited or alarmed, then you can easily fall away. In other words, we've got to trust in God right now in everything we do. Amen. Amen. So when you, that's why 2 Corinthians 10.5 is so important because we've got a cat, we've every, every thought, we've got to take it captive. That's going to take time. When is this, when is this deception going to take place? Now. Look at verse 1. <laughs> now we beseech you, brethren, by the commanding, coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, and by our gathering together with him. So another one, from the Amplified, it puts it, but relative to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, and our gathering together to meet him, we beg you, brethren, to watch for the deception. Because when you see the deceptions coming and all these things happening, we are going to be gathered. And, and we are in that time frame now. They're saying, combine Christianity with Muslims. How can that be? She, she just told you at the very beginning of the service about these Romanian women, or Armenian women. They had maybe four, ten crosses there. These women nailed to the cross. With nothing on By them. By what religion? And that, that's just in that one place. But it's around the world that Christians are being crucified, killed, martyred for, the Lord, for their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. We are at that day. 
We're living in that time. You know. Keep the faith. People don't realize that Jesus was hung on the cross with not a, not a thing on. There was no loincloth. There was nothing. You know, that's how these, these women are on the cross. There was nothing. It, it was a shame. I mean, not only was he beaten beyond, it, you couldn't even tell who he was, but there was so much shame that went along with us for us. And when I, when I looked at that, like I said, it's not a close-up, but you can tell. And I thought, my God, I never, ever thought we would ever come to this time. But we're here. And that means we're getting out of here. <laughs> Look up. Your redemption draweth nigh. But do not allow your minds to be quickly unsettled or disturbed and kept excited or alarmed. He's telling us, do not allow it. Do not allow it. What is that? You know, that tells me that I've got to keep my mind focused on Jesus Christ. You know, if you've had problems with lust, then the enemy's going to bring that. If, if He's going to bring someone there to, to pull you under. Whatever your problem has been, he's, he's, he knows exactly when and where to bring that person in, whatever. If it's, it's lying or deceit or whatever, he knows exactly the moment to bring that person in because he, you know, not him. The de devil is only one place right now and he's grooming the Antichrist. But all those <laughs> demons are, you know, they know you. They've been around you all your life and they know what, what to do to get you to, to, to cause down and if they can get you to bring it out of this out of your mouth, out of your mouth then they know I'm, I'm winning the fight here I'm winning the wager I'm winning the war that's why I tell people when I'm counseling them please call me when it starts then I can deal with it but I didn't want to bother you let me tell you church it takes a lot longer if you don't call me at the beginning of it, then if you wait a day or two and waller in it for a while, looking at everybody, it takes a lot longer. You want a 10-minute counseling appointment or you want a five-hour one? The choice is yours. Hallelujah. Okay. Okay, what's necessary to stop being a dropout? First Peter chapter 2. First Peter chapter two. We're going to see how to stop this dropout business. Are you ready? First Peter chapter two, looking at verse five. Ye also, as lively stones, are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. What we need to do is have spiritual sacrifices. Spiritual sacrifices, Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2. It says to present our bodies as a living sacrifice. Body, I mean, in the Greek is soma. It indicates that the whole person, really, whole person releases all rights to it, to your body. Submitting it to God. So it's 
Paul is saying, submit your body to God, that your whole entire being to God, okay? Paul challenges us to give our all to the Lord. Each day we have a choice to make. What are we going to, who are we going to serve? You can serve self and be an immature Christian, immature carnal Christian, I'll put it that way, or you can be a spiritual Christian and serve the Lord. What's your choice? Let's go to 1 Corinthians. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Yeah, while well, he's doing this, you know, when you, when you stop and think what it was like to get around in those days to follow Jesus, you had to walk. You didn't have a car. <laughs> you didn't have a, 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 a donkey. Or, I mean, those people had to walk, and they were there sometimes for days listening to him. But he always took care of them. They always got fed. They got the word. They were taken care of. I mean, for us, it's just so easy. You can pop in a tape, turn on Christian radio, television. What? It's so easy. God has made it so easy in this hour for the body of Christ to walk uprightly before him. It's exciting when you think about it. Amen? Okay, in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, looking at verse 20. For you are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body, in your spirit, which are God's. Glory to God, hallelujah. Also in chapter 7, go to verse 23. You are bought with a price, be not ye servants of men. Don't be servants to a man, but to God. Hello, glory to God. That's Romans chapter one, uh, 12, 1 and 2. We need to renew our mind to these things. It's an honor and privilege to serve God because of what, he's, what he has sacrificed for us. God has actually sacrificed things for us. Amen? He's given his, his love, his devotion, and it's shown to us. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Okay, let's go to book of Ephesians at this point. We're looking at spiritual sacrifices. In Ephesians chapter 5. Here's a sacrifice that some of us need to brush up on. All of us, I'll put it this, all of us need to brush up on this one. Ephesians chapter 5, looking at verse 2. Well, we might as well go to verse 1. Be therefore followers of, of God as dear children. And, verse 2, walk in love. A spiritual sacrifice. We need to walk in love. Renew our mind and walk in love. We're commanded to walk in love. We are to set our affections on God. That's our first responsibility to God. Amen? And as that responsibility to walk in love with God, it turns, in turn, turns to walk in love with other people. Amen. Yeah, something. All right, far away. Therefore be imitators of God, copy him and follow his example as well-beloved children, 
imitate their father. And walk in love, esteeming and delighting in one another as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a slain offering and sacrifice to God for you so that it become a sweet fragrance. Now here we go. But immorality, sexual vice, and all impurity of lustful, rich, wasteful living or greediness must not even be named among you. Go through this list, church, and see if there's any of these things that is there among you. Wasteful living, that's real interesting to me. Or greediness must not be even named among you as is fitting and proper among saints, God's consecrated people. Let there be no filthiness, obscenity, indecency, nor foolish and sinful, silly and corrupt talk, nor coarse jesting, that which is not fitting or becoming, but instead voice your thankfulness to God. For be sure of this, that no person practicing sexual vice or impurity in thought or in life, or one who is covetous, who has lustful desire for the property of others, and is greedy for gain, for he ineffective is an idolater, but has, but has, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ. Let no one delude and deceive you with empty excuses and groundless arguments. For these sins, for through these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of rebellion and disobedience. So do not associate or be sharers with them. So many people cannot understand why the blessings of God are not coming upon them but they don't, they want to read what they want to read and they don't want to get into the nitty gritty and start going through the checklist. Hmm. Let's see. Am I wasteful in my living? Hmm. Uh, do I listen to dirty jokes? Is there coarse jesting? See, there's, what I get all the time, and it's amazing to me, is people want what, you know, if you're a believer, you want what God has for you. You want the blessings, but are we willing to give up this other part to get them? That's why Psalms 1, 1 through 3 is so important. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. In his law shall he meditate day and night. Then he'll be planted. Then. And so God, I know that it just seems like instruction after instruction after instruction but I'm going to tell you, we are being prepared right now for the rapture. Right now, God is preparing us. He's thrusting us out there and saying, I'm preparing you so every one of you will be in it. That's powerful. So you will not get in, fall into the pit or the the hole that others are going to fall into. 
because I'm preparing you in a, in ahead of time so you know you will know how to walk circumspectly and follow me. That's powerful. There's a choice. Every man has a choice. And thank God, I, am t I, I will tell you, I am praying for the power of God and the Spirit of God to be so strong and His presence to be so strong in this house when we meet together that the glory of God is manifested. That's why this church was named Shekinah Glory for a reason and a purpose. And he, is, he is, loves us so much that he cares enough to tell us what it's going to take to receive that and operate in it and have that every time we meet together and all through your day. Hallelujah. I will fight to the death for the presence of the Holy Spirit to be in our midst and to be in my midst. I'm, that, that, I'm serious about this. I can't tell you what he means to me and how precious he is. I will, I will fight to the end so we will all experience everything that he has for us while we're here on this earth because that's exactly what we're going to have in, in, in heaven, in glory. Why wait to heaven to get it? Amen? Hallelujah. Okay, Ephesians 5, 2, it says walk in love. That means we have to be willing to forget and forgive those that have offended us. We must swallow our pride and walk humbly before them as we would before God himself. They're always going to be there. You're always going to have an opportunity not to walk in love. You're always going to have an opportunity for somebody to, to upset you or put you down. Ignore it. Big deal. They're, they're acting like their father the devil. What else do you expect them to act like? Amen? <laughs> what else? You know, when I, when I was serving the devil, I served him 100%. When I decided to serve God, I pray to God I serve him 100%. Hallelujah. Go for it, baby. I think we can close Offense. it. And the body of Christ leads the way to strife and every evil work. When we take offense, we make ourselves prisoners of ourselves to the devil's realm and destroy any witness we have for Christ. So we need to wake up, take hold of our childish senses, get rid of those offenses. Uh, Philippians. Next one is Philippians chapter 2. <laughs> How many have ever seen a grown person throw a fit? Philippians chapter 2, verse 17. Yea, if I be offended upon 
the sacrifice and service of your faith, I joy and rejoice with you all. This is a, this, the spiritual sacrifice of faith, uh, your convictions, your faith, your trust, to help others grow. Don't use your faith just for yourself. Don't be the I me generation. You need to help others with your faith. Help others grow and mature in the things of God. Don't let them become dropouts or become insufficient in the kingdom of God. To, to help others grow in faith is a true sacrifice. And that very next one is follows the same thing. Philippians chapter 4, verse 18. But I have all abound, and I am full of full, having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you, an odor of sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well pleasing to God. Well, what type of sacrifice was it? This was gifts. There's a sacrifice of gifts, spiritual gifts that you need to give out. Glory to God! Hallelujah! So let's look at this, Matthew, Matthew chapter 25. Are you in the gift-giving business? Matthew chapter 25, verse 35. For I was hungry, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came unto me. Whoa. Are you giving gifts? There are people in need. Are you reaching out to them just as Christ did? To focus on self is how the enemy entangles you into the cares and things of the world, neglecting what you are called to do. Just a couple more. Let's go to the book of Hebrews this time. These are sacrifices that we need to do. Sac uh, Hebrews chapter 13. Very little of this is done. By Christians in the pew. Hebrews 13, looking at verse 15. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. This is an activity that should be done continually, it says, to praise him. Glory to God. It seems that <laughs> she's reading ahead of my notes. It seems that most Christians are relatives to the Israelis that were in the wilderness for 40 years. They grumble and complain rather than give thanks and worship God. Having a, a negative attitude is what is not what a believer in Christ Jesus is created to do. Why fall into, why fall into the trap of the enemy with negative thoughts? Words and actions making void any faith that you have. Look in the book of Psalms. Psalm 
David did not allow the negative things in his life to keep him down. You see where he starts off in the psalm, oftentimes, oh, always me, always me. And all of a sudden, he starts saying, praise God. And at the end of the psalm, he's rejoicing. We need to be the same way. You get in the mully grubbies, come out. Unless you like mully grubbies and eat the, eat the goobers and share something. How many have ever watched that hoarder show? Anybody? You know, like you're in a hotel room and there's nothing to watch and something. I have to laugh because these people get, they can't even walk through their house. There's so much junk clear to the ceiling and they get really uptight if, if, if one thing is taken out. And here you've got all these huge truckloads coming to, un get, to get rid of the house. And yet here are these people and they're pacing back and forth and prancing back and forth because they're so concerned they're going to lose one little thing. That's how, some, that's how some Christians are. I hate to tell you. Let it all go. Just get rid of it. This is, this is you know, spiritual sacrifice of work and communication. We are called to do good deeds and, and impart that which we have. That's Hebrews 13, Just verse 16. Be free. But these people are so bound. They're demon-possessed. I'm just going to lay it to you, okay? They're so bound that they can't get out of this. And when, off, when, when help is offered, they don't want it. I remember one time I was called in the middle of the night, and I slapped pastor. I said, get up. That's it. Get up. We got to go deal with this demon. And he's like, oh, no, because he hates that. Well, someone had tried to cast a demon out of someone. And the girl ran in the bathroom and locked herself in and had her legs up against the door, and they couldn't get her out. And so we get there, and I just said, get her out to Pastor and the, gals, the sister's husband. So they drug her out, and she was snapping like a turtle trying to bite her brother-in-law in the leg. I said, stick your foot in her mouth. And so I cast the demons out of this woman. She was totally normal and looked at me and said, I want them back. I said, you want them back? You don't want to be free from this. You're free right now. I know it, but I want them back. So be my guest. But I said, don't be trying to cast him out of her again and call me over in the middle of the night. That's sad. And I'm sitting here thinking of all the things that we try to hang on to, which is worthless. Amen? I know maybe this doesn't go along with what he's preaching, but believe me, it does. We need to turn around and look at ourselves and start laughing at things that have tried to hold us down, stupid thoughts and things that have tried to hold us down and say, get out of here. You don't belong to me. You're not a part of me. And I'm not going to have any part of it any longer. And draw the line and it's over. 
jump over the line, don't look back, and move on. Amen? Thank you for letting me share that. I don't, it's not something I enjoy watching, but I've seen it, and I sit there and go, good night. Praise God. Again, Hebrews chapter 13, looking at verse 16, it says, But to do good and to communicate, forget not. For with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. So we need to do some good work and communicate. We're called to do good deeds and to impart that which we have. And to impart something, it means you have to share it. We are reminded not to forget this duty. Look at... Uh, Galatians chapter 6 for our final scripture. Galatians chapter 6, looking at verse 10. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good to all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. Do good. Communicate. Those are spiritual sacrifices that we need to do. And all of us need to brush up on each and every one of them, because I don't think any of us are up to the 100% level. Amen. Okay. We have, I was going to say, we have a few, thing, a few items back there to nibble on before we, you leave, so let's all stand. We'll pray, and you can go out there and eat.